0: Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 240, and today I am really excited to have a guest that is going to come on. He's going to share some knowledge bombs with all of us on how to build your own channel and web property outside of Amazon. And uh, it's a good friend of mine now. His name is Spencer Hawes. You guys may or may not know him from Niche Pursuits. Um, funny story is, uh, well, I had him on on episode 107, and uh, he talked all about why he decided to uh, to test Amazon FBA, and he was so glad that he did. And just a little backstory on Spencer: if you haven't listened to that episode, you probably should. But uh, you know, he started with like building these little niche sites and getting traffic, and then uh, monetizing them later. And uh, I mean, he's been doing that for years, so he knows uh, he knows a little bit about uh, you know how to construct a website, how to get traffic, um, all the ins and the outs. So I wanted to have him come on because he did it kind of in reverse before. Like he started building web properties and then started seeing traffic, and then he's like, I should probably look into this Amazon FBA thing, and he did, and he's uh, he's been doing really well with that. Uh, but now he's actually talking more about building out these authority websites so we can have our own channel which you guys have heard me talk about in these last, you know, few episodes or even the past couple of months, I've been talking a lot about owning your own property uh, because in the end, that's what we want, right? We want full control and we want to be able to control the sales process and the sales funnel and all of that stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm really, really excited about uh, this interview that I did with Spencer and it re- was really not just an interview, it was us just kind of just really just digging in to this whole concept and what it takes uh, to, to really make this happen. So before we jump in, let me remind you that there are going to be show notes, there are going to be transcripts transcripts to this episode. To find them, just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 240, and uh, you can grab all of them over there. You can read the transcripts, the show notes, or you can download them as well there. All the links that we mentioned will be there uh, inside of those show notes, all right? So I'm going to stop talking now so you guys can enjoy this awesome, amazing episode interview slash conversation, whatever you want to call it, just we had a really good time talking about this stuff, and we probably could have went on for a few hours, but we did try to keep it uh, manageable as far as time, so uh, let's go ahead and listen to this awesome conversation I had with Spencer Hawes and all about how to build your own channel and web property outside of Amazon, so enjoy. Hey, Spencer, what's up, man? How are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing awesome, Scott. It's great to be here.
0: I am excited to have you back on the show. I know you and I met and had some time to hang out in Miami, which was really awesome. And uh, being able to to kind of, uh, you know, talk ideas and stuff is yep. always kind of fun, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It was great seeing you in person. It's always uh, unique and within in the online world, right? We really do see each other and then we go to a conference and we get to hang out. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, no, it was great. A lot of great information. You had a great uh, presentation you did all about, you know, finding those long tail keywords. And, yep. and I think that's what you're kind of known for is the, the long tail, right? Long tail pro and all that stuff. Um, and that's why I'm pretty excited to have you on today because uh, you're, you're kind of working on something right now currently, which is pretty exciting. Um, and it really kind of, revolves around like building out your own kind of home base or your own authority website. So we're not just dependent on one channel, which in this case, you know, is, is Amazon. Cause a lot of people that are listening are Amazon sellers. So maybe what you can do is just kind of break down, I guess, you know, kind of like what your feelings are about like people that have, you know, a product selling, whether it's on eBay or Amazon or any channel, like What is that next step that they should be focusing on? And then maybe we can drill into kind of how to.
1: Definitely. I mean, the next logical step for people is once you've been successful on somebody else's platform, you know, whether that's eBay or Amazon or wherever that is, is to try and build out your own platform. And I know you've talked about this a little little bit already, but um, owning your own media, if you will, owning your own traffic, creating that traffic. You being the source of that traffic through your own website is just so critical to expanding your business and not being reliant on just Amazon. And so, to really take your business to the next level, and especially if for whatever reason, not just to grow your own business, but if you were to want to sell your entire business Mm. uh, down the road, owning your own traffic is going to make your business much, much more valuable.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that because, and, and I've been hearing a little bit more in the in the marketplace about this. It's kind of like, you know, if you're trying to sell your Amazon business, you know, there's people buying Amazon businesses and and that's, you know, that's happening. But to strengthen even that sale is to show people that you have your own source of traffic. You have your own sales outside of Amazon. To me, just, it, it just increases the amount that you can get on on your, you know, the, the time that you want to exit um, out of that if you want to, but not, but more, more importantly, I, you know, I hear people people saying like, I want to start my own business on Amazon and I want to eventually leave my job. My thoughts on that are that's awesome. That's a great goal, but I don't think that we should just be uh, focusing on that one channel because that's kind of risky. And when you're building out your own authority website, that gives you more control over how you send people through, you know, your sales channel, your sales funnel, however you want to call it. Um, So maybe you can break that down like, and, and I want people to understand like, you know, Spencer's going to break this down as far as like how we would start from scratch, like what we should do, like step one through step whatever, and and really try to give us some action steps that we could do right now um, just to kind of get the ball rolling if we're at that point. So uh, maybe you can speak to, uh, you know, those people, uh, Spencer, as far as like, you know, like what are the first things? um, Well, you know what? Before we do that, when is the right time to do that? I get that question a, a lot.
1: You know, uh, that, that's a good question. Um, when is the right time to go out and build your own website property? Um, I think the answer is right now. Um, what, and it really doesn't matter. I've built out web properties uh, before I ever started selling those products on Amazon. And I know you actually had John Haver that talked about this, right? Actually buying, uh, the web properties and then launching your Amazon product after you have that web property or the other way around, right? Most people just start out selling their products on Amazon and then a logical next step. Um, and I say right now, as soon as possible, go out and build your own website and uh, because it can take a little bit of time to start to see a trickle of traffic, but the sooner the better.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you know, and, and people, you know, when they get started too, they get overwhelmed. And that's why I've always told people like, start where you are right now. Right. So if, if for example, you have a product and it's just launched, well, then get that thing launched, get that thing moving. And then the next step is to start doing something like this. Um, you know, because again, you know, like in Spencer, you have felt this firsthand, even with just Google, right? You've built out some, some properties and then Google ended up slapping. And then all of a sudden you had an issue because that's the only right. source that you had. And I know part of your, strategy in mind as well is once you get that web property and you start getting some of that traffic, it's really to get them to an email list. So you can then start communicating with them and start building your own, your own, uh, you know, traffic source by sending out emails if you want to. Is that correct?
1: Totally. I mean, that's, uh, that's even more advanced and more secure, right? Is, uh, yeah, maybe you get some traffic from Google, but if you can even own it, if you will, on your own email list, that's uh that's even better.
0: Yeah, that's like the next next step, right yep. um, but okay so let's kind of let's let's dig in let's say that we're at that point. Um, and, uh, and we want to go ahead and start building out a website. And what is the main goal for this website? Let's, let's kind of answer that question too. Like, okay, Spencer. So what's my, why am I, why, why am I doing it? I know we just said that we want to own it, but what's the purpose for someone to come to that website? Is it, you know, to educate is it to get them to buy right away. Like what is, what is the objection or the objective to having that particular website?
1: Yeah. So the primary way that I am dra- driving traffic to my websites is through natural Google traffic, natural organic search. So that's typically people searching for information about your products, or maybe they're doing some uh, comparison shopping, right? So you are going to want to have a lot of informational articles. Um, That's at least my strategy is I publish great content for people seeking information about my products or my niche um, you know, what, whatever sort of research they're doing. Um, and so by publishing that type of content, uh, you're much more likely to get a broad range of traffic of people coming to your website. And then at that point, of course, you can send them to your Amazon store. You can get them on an email list or sell and, and sell to them later. There's a whole host of things that you can do at that point.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. So why don't we get started then on a little bit of keyword research? Like a lot of times people want to know, like, what do I go after? And a lot of people will want to go after the main keyword, like garlic press. Right. And I know you're a fan of the long tail. So maybe we can say like, okay, so step one in this, in this thing is, is obviously let, let's kind of start like, okay, before we even have a website, could we do the research or should we do the website first and then do the research? Like what step should happen first?
1: So I, I'm going to assume that People building out their website probably know what niche they're going into, right? So let's assume somebody already has a product on Amazon. So they they sort of pick the niche, right? So usually that's step one, but they've already got it. They've got their niche. They know they're in the uh, garlic press (laughs) niche, if you (laughs) will. Exactly. So step two really is then go out and do some keyword research, right? Um, You're probably not going to rank for that main keyword, whether that's garlic press or baseball gloves or you know, wireless printers or whatever niche you're in, right? You may not rank number one in Google for that particular keyword, so you want to go after what I call long tail keywords. Um, these are easier to rank for types of keywords. Um, often they are longer phrases that have more words in them, and usually uh, they are lower search volume. And uh, I should maybe explain that I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of ranking for lots of really easy to rank for keywords that maybe don't get a lot of traffic individually mm-hmm. but combined really does add up to a lot of traffic. Um, a lot of people especially when they're starting out don't really think about that. They want to rank for the top keyword, the high traffic keyword and they try for 6 months to rank for that single, you know, great keyword that if they were to rank for it, yeah, they'd make lots of money, but the competition is so high. Everybody else is trying to rank for that. They're going up against corporations and people with tons of money and they never rank for that keyword. Okay. Mm. You know, unfortunately that's the way it happens. So usually as a solopreneur, you want to go after these long tail type keywords. Uh, and the, one way to do that one little trick that I use to find those long tail keywords is to use what I call modifiers. Um, and these are words that you can add before or after your main keyword to make it lower competition. So if we're trying to rank for uh, baseball gloves, right, we would add the word maybe best, you know, so mm-hmm. best baseball glove, right. Or, um, with baseball gloves in particular, maybe we do best left handed baseball gloves, okay, right? Yep so, yep. so that's a longer tail keyword. Or we can go top rated baseball gloves or where to buy baseball gloves. You know, see these words I'm adding. Um, we could do brands. You could do versus. And off the top of my head, I guess I, I can't think of, you know, Easton baseball glove versus um, whatever the other Wilson. brand is. Wilson baseball gloves. There you go. Um, right. So you add these modifiers. And by adding all of these different modifiers, either before or after, th- the keywords become much easier to rank for. And you become you know, much more likely to show up on that first page of Google and start getting a little bit of traffic. And as you add more and more content using these long tail keywords, you're get- the-, the traffic adds up quite quickly and-, and you can do very well.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I, I think... I think for people to understand, it's like you know, rather than going after that one main uh, keyword like garlic press or baseball gloves, right? It's so it's so I guess uh, basic that you know there's all those modifiers. Now, if someone is searching for a left-handed baseball glove, you bet if they land on your piece of content that was you know exclusively made tailored for that particular person searching, it's that much better too. It's, it's, it's going to convert them better because that's exactly what they were looking for. So it's kind of like if someone was searching for garlic press and they were really looking for, you know, how to, uh, fix a garlic press well they might land on something that doesn't relate to that and then that doesn't uh, that, that doesn't convert as well so a lot of times people want quantity versus quality I'd rather have quality and what you're saying is if I can get 10 or 20 people to my page uh, that are looking for that exact thing I've got a much greater chance of converting them into uh, a lead or even a sale versus just going after those generic ones is that kind of what you're saying
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Um, these people convert higher because they're much more targeted. Like you said, I think your examples were perfect there. Um, and this has been shown through a lot of studies and statistics that long tail keywords convert much higher than, than short tail keywords. Uh, so when people land on that page, uh, they, have probably gone through the research process. Like maybe they did start searching for baseball gloves. And then 10 minutes later, they realized, you know what? I should be searching left-handed baseball gloves. And then 10 minutes later, they decided, you know what? I should be searching best uh, left-handed baseball gloves, right? So by the time they get to that long-tail phrase, they've gone through a lot of research and they're ready to buy Mm -hmm. when they land on your page, okay? And so if you provide a great article that compares uh, different options... Um, and especially if your product is one of those options, uh, they're very likely to go ahead and buy that product. Um, another statistic that I should um, share that I shared actually at the conference we, we were at uh, not too long ago is that 70% of all Google traffic is actually long tail traffic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people think that, boy, if I ranked for baseball gloves that get searched for, you know, I'm just going to throw out a number 50,000 times a month, I'm, I'm going to have it made. I'm going to be awesome. I'm going to be perfect. But the reality is there's actually much more traffic with all these keywords that maybe they only get searched for 100 times or 200 times a month. But in aggregate, 70% of all traffic is coming from these types of phrases. So I think it's uh, a, it's a, a missed opportunity for a lot of people out there that, uh, I think if they start targeting these, there's not only, uh, it, it's not only easier to rank for these keywords, but there's more traffic there as well. 70% of the traffic.
0: That's crazy. Now, are we are we mainly looking at Google traffic? Are we looking at Bing, Yahoo? What else are we looking at? Or are we just, are we focusing on Google? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm mentioning Google because that's you know the beast of the search sure. engine, right? Yeah. But uh, the, the same principles apply to all search engines. So okay. Yahoo, being uh, the same things and strategies that you follow in Google, are going to get you to rank uh, and do well in the, all the other search engines as well.
0: Okay. So at this point, let's say, okay, this is awesome. Okay, my next step really is then figuring out those keywords. How many keywords should I should I target at first? Like, I mean, because we can go here for for days. I've done it. Right, or you just kind of you can just build this pile of this list. So maybe you can like like give us an idea, like okay, if you're telling me like right now, Scott, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go find your top ten um, that you think that you could rank for. Maybe uh, you know give us like the criteria, I guess, that w- we should be looking for in order to get those first handful, and then like the next step, obviously, is writing the content, and we can kind of talk about that.
1: Holy, so. I would start out, like you said, um, about 10 great keywords Um, and we kind of call this a silo of content. So it's kind of a group of 10 keywords that are somewhat related, if Mm -hmm. you will, similar topics but targeting slightly different keywords. Um, And the reason you want to do that is, well, first it's it's an easy number to bite off and chew, right? 10 Uh, articles, that's doable. You can write that much. Um, You know, it's within the realm of feasibility. But then as well, because they're similar keywords, you'll be able to interlink uh, the articles that you write. So, you know, article one might link to article two and article five might link back to article two. Right. So they're all kind of mentioning each other. You know, in your article, you can say, and by the way, in a previous article, I wrote a comparison of these two brands, and you link to it in a very natural way. And so, having sort of this group of ten articles, um, not only does it help readers, but it makes sense for Google as well to to have all these links sort of pointing uh, back to each other.
0: Now, I've I've heard this, um, and I've actually done this myself. Is kind of like we, your your first. Your, maybe your first post is kind of what they call like a pillar post. It's kind of like a really epic, like, you know, 3000 word post. Is that necessary still? Or do you say that you don't necessarily need to do that? You can start off with, you know, maybe a thousand, uh, words per article, um, and just kind right. of cover a, a wider range. Like what's your, what's your strategy there?
1: Yeah, I, you really can do it either way. I mean, you don't have to start with a big pillar post, um, you can certainly start with, you know, a 1,000 words or 1,500 words or whatever that be. Maybe most of our articles, honestly, that we do are, are probably around 1,500 words. Okay. The, the, the time that you do want to do a big pillar post, and this can come at any point in building your website, is typically if you want to make that um, sort of a uh, post that you can do a lot of link building to, meaning, you know, you write this great article that you think – other bloggers or other people in your niche are either going to tweet about or share on Facebook or link to from your, your their website. So it's an article that once you've written, you want to share with the world. You want to reach out and you know contact 100 people in your niche and say, hey, I wrote this great article. I thought you might find it interesting and try to start a relationship with. So that's really the point of those big um, you know, pillar posts, they're, they're sort of a, um, a way to reach out to other people and start getting some links back to your site.
0: Yeah. One, one, uh, technique that I've seen, and it works pretty well, especially if it's a good post is kind of doing like a roundup and it's kind Mm -hmm. of where you pull in, you pull like the best, uh, different resources in your market you know, place and you reach out to like, if I was selling garlic presses, I would reach out to people that are selling, um, you know, not selling that are publishing, uh, content in that space, like, you know, cooking or, uh, you know, home recipes or, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, after, uh, you know, home, home goods or something like that. Right. And Mm -hmm. I would reach out, um, to these people after I wrote about an article that they published and I would reach out to them and say, hey, just want to let you know that you made our top 50, um, you know, best posts for home goods or something like that or home cooking or whatever. And then those people might share that and then from them sharing it, that can help get links back to that post. Um, is that something that you think is, sm- I know it's a little bit more advanced probably, but is mm-hmm. that something that is is still working and that you would advise? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, we we call it, kind of call these types of posts that you just described. As as top lists. Okay. Right. So essentially making a list of whatever, right? The top 50 bloggers in the healthy eating space Mm -hmm. or the top 25, you know, baseball blogs that are out there. Sure. Um, And then it's really a way to sort of hit on the ego of these other bloggers, right? Because you write a glowing review and everybody loves to see that. So you publish this article and then you reach out to those 25 bloggers and say, hey, um, I just mentioned you. I think you're doing a great job. And inevitably, if nothing else, they will usually at least share that on Facebook or Twitter. Um, And then many of them will uh, mention it on their blog or it will lead to you eventually being able to do a guest post on their blog, right? So it's a great mm-hmm. way to build out some relationships. So this is something that that uh, we do and that we teach um, very much is sort of these top list posts. And I will sort of add a, a nuanced strategy that, that we've implemented that works pretty well is uh, going after um, what I call semi-related uh, niches, right? Okay. So, you know, if if you have a garlic press and you're writing about garlic presses, it might be hard to find the top 25 garlic press bloggers, yeah, right? right? Um, and you could obviously go directly to you know, just generally food bloggers sure. um, or you could go maybe a step beyond that and uh, write about the top 25 vegan bloggers, mm, right? Yeah. So kind of get in these sub niches and these um, other areas, right? Where it's still relevant, um, but they would definitely still love to link to you. Another example, maybe, would be if you have a health website—you know, it's sort of a healthy living uh, website, healthy eating, if you um, will—you could actually create a top list um, that is related to dentists, if you will. And at first, Mm -hmm. that seems well—that's that's kind of odd. But if you wrote an article about, um, you know, sort of the top twenty-five bloggers that teach you how to have healthy teeth or a healthy mouth right or something like that you could then reach out to the dental um, market right and mm. you could go so many different directions with that so you don't um you, you kind of have to think outside the box and you can come up with a lot of different opportunities and ways to reach out to other bloggers and semi-related niches to get even more links and build even more authority on your website.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's cover two things right now. Cause I know that some people are probably wondering this and I, I'd like to give people like, you know, those action steps, like step by step. So, okay. We, we get the idea and all of that about building out. We'll, we'll get a little bit deeper in there, but so those, those 10 keywords, like how do I, what's the easiest way, I mean, I know we can use a tool called long tail pro and I think every one that is serious about doing this, definitely should check that out. But if people are like, you know what, I just want to go ahead and try to find some keywords to get started with without using a tool, what would be your recommendation there?
1: Yeah. So there is, uh, the free keyword planner that Google has provided that people can go to, um, that will give them some suggestions on keywords right so they can go over to um yeah if they just search for google keyword planner they can start to get some suggestions sure. it's it's not as um robust if you will you're not going to get as many keywords as quickly uh but you can get started there another one uh that's free to use is uber suggest and essentially what that is is it, it it takes the google autocomplete you know when you type in yes. a word Um, the auto-completion there. And and it does it for you automatically. So if you typed in garlic press in Uber suggest, it would return, you know, the 200 results that might be auto-completed after that. Right. And so uh, they don't give you stats as far as how many searches those terms get every month, but it would give you a nice list of keywords that potentially you could target. So that would be a, a couple of ways that people could start for free to find these long tail keywords.
0: That's, that's a great point. Well, let me ask you this. I know some people are going to be thinking this. So the traffic inside of Amazon, like they have the same thing like that autocomplete, right. Or, or the, you know, the popular searches, like, would you use any of that data? Or is that like, no, because it's inside of Amazon and we don't know if that's doing anything outside of, of, uh, of Amazon.
1: Yeah. I what I would do in that situation is, yes, I would look at those keywords and and maybe, you know, create a list of Amazon autocomplete searches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I would plug those in to long tail pro. Just to be honest, I would plug those in. I would see what sort of search volume they do get, um, in Google. Right. I could take those exact keywords from Amazon, see how well they do in, in Google, and then I would go from there.
0: Okay. And so g- give us a little bit of uh, of kind of like, I guess, what Longtail Pro actually does um, to help you decide if it's a keyword you should be going after. Maybe just give us the, the quick rundown on how that all works.
1: Right. So first, it does give you the search volume, right? So you can know if um, there's any traffic there. And then secondly, uh, the big key to this is it pulls up the first page results in Google and gives you all the stats related to whether it's easy to rank for or difficult to rank for. And this honestly could be a whole podcast, right? right? right. But it it gives you sort of a quick analysis. It gives you a number between one and 100 with how difficult uh, that particular keyword is to rank for. I usually look at keywords that are, you know, less than 35 I uh, in uh, Casey's score keyword competitiveness score. Or, or less than 30 is even better so that's your quick 30 second uh, okay no no that, what that, that does you know that, that was yeah. good
0: and i just want people to understand that you know even using the google planner tool it's going to give you you know the 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 number the the rough number of like uh you know the the different uh, searches that are being done um, it shows you competitiveness but really competitiveness as far as like advertising um, so that doesn't necessarily mean uh, to me that i can't rank for that the other thing is too i just want to touch on this real quick spencer is that You know, sometimes keywords aren't even indexed or aren't even shown in the planner yet because they haven't been searched for. And I know some people they discount that when in. And I've heard you talk about this. Sometimes those are going to bring you traffic that you didn't even realize is going to bring you traffic. So is that something that you know you don't? If you think there's a keyword that's a pretty darn good keyword, but you're not seeing any anything on that, does that mean that it's definitely don't do that, or is it something to kind of put on the shelf and maybe come back to?
1: You know, this kind of depends on how aggressive people want to get. Okay. Uh, in, in my strategy, I essentially want to rank for all keywords, okay? Yeah. So yeah. I'm willing to go out and produce lots of content for my websites. And so I may not be as concerned with, you know, whether the Google keyword planner says that this gets a bunch of traffic, right? So even if it doesn't show up and I just know, hey, this is a perfect keyword for my niche, I should be writing an article about that. Mm. I've been surprised a couple of times at how much traffic those articles actually can get. Um, Again, it's just the power of the long tail keyword, right? Is that, yeah, maybe the main keyword that you're targeting only ends up bringing you 10 or 20 visitors a month. but sometimes there's so many variations of those keywords that you never thought of or didn't realize there was traffic for. Um, I've written articles that, um, you know, one particular article I've written in the running niche, uh, the keyword only gets searched for about 70 times per month, according to Google. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because that article ranks for so many variations and phrases of different uh, long-tail keywords, uh, it actually gets about 200 visitors per day. Oh, my gosh. You know, and so um, depending on how much content you're willing to produce is sort of the keywords that you should go after. Okay. just depends on how aggressive people want to get.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Um, Okay. So the next question I know that people are probably asking, and I've asked myself, is okay, this is great and all. We've picked our top 10 keywords we want to start writing for. Um, Okay. So the next step is writing the content. I'm not a good writer. What do I do?
1: Well, uh fortunately there are lots of ways to outsource your content, right? So if you're not a good writer and you just don't either have the time or the ability to write your own articles, there's lots of writers out there that would love to write your content for you. Um a, a few places that you can go are uh textbroker.com. You can hire a writer based on the quality of the writer, you know, anywhere between a one star to a five star, and you pay more depending on the quality. Um, You can go to Upwork.com, lots of writers there uh, that you can find and pay to write the articles for you. Or a third one that has worked well for some people is you can use your own personal network. Uh, You might be surprised that your friends on Facebook or other people that you just know personally would love to write for you. Um, you know, maybe, you know, some stay at home moms that they're, they're great writers, but you know, they're busy and they might only have an hour or two at, at night and they'd love to write some, um, content for you and get paid for that side gig. And so you may know some people personally. So that's, that's a few ways that I've used, uh, to get content written for me. Um, and, uh, that, that's probably the way, the best way to overcome that hurdle if you can't do it yourself.
0: Okay. And now let's kind of break it down, uh, a little bit as far as the content itself. Like, so how does that, how should that be structured? Is there a format that you kind of follow that you like to have? Um, I know we can't spend the entire podcast on this, which we could, um, because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of different things that go into all of this stuff, but what what would be some I guess uh, some some tips for someone that is just writing an article to put on their blog to um, help with traffic, but also help the visitor when they land on that page?
1: Yep. So yeah, I'll give you a few uh, points here. So you do want to make it in depth. You don't want to be writing three hundred word articles. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually keep them at you know roughly fifteen hundred words. It could be a little less, a little more, um, something like that. So in depth, you want to use lots of images charts, videos, other multimedia, anything to make it visually appealing. Um, And then you want to make sure it's formatted well, Um, using lots of bullet points and numbers and uh, comparisons, right? Makes it easier to scan and for people to get the information that they want. And uh, one thing that I do in particular, if you're writing a comparison article of, you know, the the 10 best garlic presses out there, is to create a, a um, comparison chart, right? Uh, you could create a chart that includes, you know, the price, the average rating, and, you know, the size or whatever other mm-hmm. feature mm-hmm. there is, and allow people in one chart to easily compare all of those things. And, and so using those few uh, tips, Uh, That I just shared is going to help the quality of your content really stand out, which helps people stay on your site longer, which in turn shows Google that you're a quality website, which in turn makes Google want to rank your website higher
0: yeah I, I agree and I think the big takeaway there for anyone listening is really scanability I think people we were all in a scanning uh, kind of uh, mode online we're in a hurry um, and if you can make it broken up like a lot of people I'll see they'll write an article and it'll just be 1500 words all mashed together with barely any breaks in it it's like you should have um, your headlines you know your subject lines to draw the attention almost like you could dual read so you can almost like the to me if it's like if the article can read j- or be understood just by looking at the the different types Topics that are being discussed, or the different points that are being made, and then you expound on on uh, you know on on each particular one. I think that's a good thing for anyone. Um, whether you're writing emails, whether you're writing content for people to consume on you know Google or on your website, uh, or even for that matter on your on your Amazon listing, I think people want to read in chunks. They don't want to read this big chunk of text that's like your, their eyes just go buggy. Um, pictures is a great way to break that up again as well. So I agree with that. Um, pictures, where, where would people find pictures like royalty free pictures? Is there any site that you would recommend at this point?
1: Oh, so, um, one place that people can go is, um, wiki commons. It's, it's Wikipedia's, um, sort of, uh, creative commons image database. Oh, okay. Um, so if people go, yeah, to, to wiki commons and do a search honestly, for just about any subject, all of those images there are, you know, commercial free uh, to use. Um, That's a good starting point. That's great. And then uh, beyond that, there are other places to find royalty free images. You can go to Flickr and do some um, sorting there to find the royalty free images. And then if you just do a Google search on, you know, royalty free images, there are a few other websites that will pop up.
0: Sure. Sure. Okay, cool. So, okay, now let's get into uh, the part of, we got the keywords picked, we've got some articles written, we've published them. Um, Oh, I guess that would be the next quick question. How soon should I publish my 10 articles? Should it be like immediately or should I spread them out over time? Like give us a little bit of a, an insight there.
1: So honestly, when you're first uh, creating a website, I would just publish them all as soon as they're available. Okay. Just get them out there, get them ranking as soon as possible. And then, uh, usually what I like to do is come up with some schedule, um, after I get my first 10 or 20 articles up on the website. So if I can produce one article a week, you know, I, publish one a week, or if I can do two a week or whatever that might be, right, just start to get on a regular schedule after that. But the first 10 or 20, just get them up right away.
0: Is there any schedule that you like, though, more than others, would you say to try to publish, you know, three a week? Uh, I mean, I know you said the more the better. But I mean, is there if you were if you were telling me like, Scott, you know, this is what you need to do um, in, in order to get yourself some momentum here?
1: Yeah. So if it's, you know, just an individual person, you know, building out their own website, one a week is probably a good target to shoot for, right? One great in-depth article. If you have a little more time, do two a week. Um, that'll get you there. I think that's good enough. Uh, if, if you're more ambitious, like maybe we'll talk about later in my own business, you know, we publish tons of content daily, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, there's there's whole different varying levels but 1 to 2 a week is a great target okay uh, for people to shoot for
0: and now let's let's dive into okay we've got this great content we've published it's there it's sitting on our blog but we both know that it takes more to rank your stuff than to just have great content out there. We got to actually start showing Google uh, or any other search engine that people are enjoying this content. And the way that uh, these these other you know search engines are are kind of like being alerted of this is by backlinks. And basically, a backlink is when someone else from another website links over to that article. So um, I always like to use the example like if someone um, that is a brand new blogger links to your Post, then that's cool. That's a link. But if Oprah Winfrey links from her blog to your your uh, you know your your same piece of content, there's much uh, bigger impact that that one link is going to have because of the authority that comes from that particular uh, website. So now that people kind of understand that, where do we go to start getting some of these backlinks? These you know, and not like we're not talking about creating like. Fake backlinks either because that was a whole thing right. you know, years ago too. We're talking about like real, you know, uh, you know, organic in a sense, uh, you know, right. backlinks to help build out this this platform.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and you nailed it. You're exactly right that uh, you have to have some links pointing to your website. The more authoritative the person or blog that it's coming from, the more power it's going to have uh, for your own website to do well in Google. And so, uh, three ways that I can share. Um for people starting out, one we already mentioned is, is doing those top lists, right? So you write that article reviewing the top 25 bloggers and whatever niche, and then you actually email the webmasters, right? You go out and you email those 25 people and, um, you know, tell them that, Hey, I just wrote about you. Are you willing to share this on Facebook or, you know, usually they'll respond and you'll have a conversation to either get a guest post or or whatever. Right. Sure. So that that's method. Number one is writing these top lists. And I can tell you, this does work very, very well. Um, the second way, uh, is infographics mm. um, An infographic. If people don't know is essentially just a small, uh, image or chart that, um, I don't know what's the best. I think it, I yeah,
0: think it really outlines everything. Like if I, if I created an infographic for this podcast, it would be all of the important chunks and steps on a, on an image. And, right. and that would really just kind of break it down from like start to finish, but it wouldn't be able to give you that in depth, but it's really useful to be able to see that almost like a checklist.
1: Yep. I love, exactly. I love that. Exactly. So, so infographics, um, you create these and you put it on your own website The the key or, or, or the end goal is not really for you to rank well for that infographic. The point is to then reach out to other people in your industry that might find that infographic interesting And try to get them to put that on their own website. Mm -hmm. So usually below the infographic, you have an embed code, right, that makes it very easy for people to copy and paste that code uh, and then get that exact infographic on their website. And so there's lots of different ways to do that. There's infographic sharing websites where people are actively going and looking for infographics. And then the more effective way is to reach out to these other bloggers that might find it interesting and say – hey, Bob, I just created this infographic on, you know, baseball gloves. I think you might find it interesting. Feel free to use this on your own website. Here's the embed code, right? Mm. And so you'll get a number of people that will say, you know what, that's great. That's free content for me. I'm going to put it on my website and then you get a link back to your website.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, the other thing that just kind of came to my mind too is, and again, we can probably spend hours talking about this stuff. Um, uh, but, um, like what about Pinterest, like putting up an infographic on Pinterest or having someone yeah. that's a, that that's got a really popular board. And then you contact those people and, uh, and basically say that they were mentioned or we, we, we modeled something that you were doing that we thought was really awesome. We broke it down into these five steps and, you know, feel Absolutely. free to share it. That'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah,
1: no, that's a great idea as well. Yeah. Uh, Pinterest can be huge, not just for potentially getting links, but, but trying, traffic as well. Right. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, no, that's awesome. All right. Cool. So I think we've kind of covered like all of the, the nitty gritty really. I mean, I know there's a ton more, um, but really to get people up to speed is really like understanding first off that this is your own web property. So it's something that you're not going to immediately see results. Um, you know, I mean, for me personally, like in my own head, I have like a, I'd say a seven to a 12 month before I really want to before I think that I'm going to start seeing any significant traffic. I mean, significant, like I would be happy getting a few hundred visitors a day um, organically. Um, and and if we can get more then then that's great. But just to understand that it's a process and that, you know, the best time to start is, is now, uh, when you can. Um, but what I did want to now kind of, let's kind of move into kind of like your, your most recent project that you've kind of, uh, that you were sharing with me that, uh, you know, obviously when we were talking in Miami and stuff, you, you had some things on the, You know, kind of on the drawing board that you were going after that you're pretty excited about because this is kind of your wheelhouse. Maybe talk a little bit about what you're doing here and this internship that you kind of brought up.
1: Absolutely, and so, you know, I've had a lot of experience building websites. I built my first site in 2005, right? So it's been about 11 years. I've been building out and growing and skilling websites. Um, I partnered with a couple of people that are in a similar boat to to me. We've been building lots of websites um, and doing pretty well. And we decided that we would love it if we could quickly train people and essentially clone ourselves uh, (laughs) to to, um, go out and scale lots of websites much, much quicker than we could do individually on our own. And so we've started something called the Authority Machine Internship, uh, where we are bringing in interns Uh, through an application process. Um, They come in, and for four weeks, we train them, give them all our strategies. We have coaches in place. Um, Basically, give them step A to Z for how to do keyword research, create great content, do the link building, everything that we talked about, but in much, much more depth, of course. Um, And so over four weeks, they actually come, they learn from us, and in exchange, they work on one of our websites. So that's the benefit we get, right, is we get one of our web properties worked on. The interns, the benefit to them, of course, is during that four weeks, they learn the skills and strategies that they can take after that and apply to their own websites you know, forever. Hopefully these are strategies they can implement, um, on multiple websites that they build down the road.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love that. And when you came to me with that, I was like, that's a brilliant idea and I love it. And it's like, everyone wins, uh, you know, at this, I mean, you're being able to train someone to do some work for you and you get to be able to build out <laughs> these websites, but then also they're learning through this process. So, um, let's, uh, let's kind of throw it out there that if anybody's interested in this, um, or, you know, in, I guess, applying because he can't, take everyone that is going to apply. Um, but it would be nice to be able to kind of see if there's anyone uh, listening that would be interested in this. And then also learning through this process and then taking that information and building out your own stuff. Um, would that be the link that we discussed before? Or is there a different link for that?
1: Yeah, no, they can definitely go to that link. Okay, so we'll,
0: we'll just give them a, a short link and it'll be the seller.com forward slash authority. And again, I'll drop this in the show notes. But again, that's the seller.com forward slash authority. And um, yeah, go over and check that out. Um, now you did talk about something else which we I just became aware of as we came on here and did our little pre-interview um, is that you also now are having a training course that will actually take people through the entire process. I think it's an eight week program that'll actually go right in from, from picking their niche and all that stuff. But again, if anyone's interested in that, just go to that same link and you can learn more about that, um, that Spencer has there again with his team that is, uh, also doing this to build out, you know, where people, if they don't want to do the internship or maybe they, they, they apply and they can't get in because it's booked, they can definitely, um, learn all of the different, uh, things that you need to know from, uh, you know, kind of start to finish. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about that just to kind of give people an idea of what that all consists of?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so you're, you're definitely right. So we decided that, um, the internship is perfect for a lot of people. They get four weeks of great training, um and it's essentially free you can find out um more by going to that uh to that link we basically we we ask for a small deposit then you get the deposit back at the end so it's basically free there uh for the internship um but we found that a lot of people maybe they don't uh get into the internship like you mentioned or they don't want to spend 4 weeks working on somebody else's website sure. they want to spend all their time working on their own website so we decided to put together a training course where they go through Everything, through the entire training, even some more advanced things that, that we just don't have time to do during the internship. It's an eight-week training course instead of a four-week training course. People work on their own website. Uh, they We have the coaches in place, all the standard operating procedures and spreadsheets and training tutorial videos and it, everything, right? Is there, um, during the eight week training course. And that's perfect for people that want to spend their time working on their own website, you know, from day one, right. And want to get the more advanced material during the eight week training course. So those are kind of side by side going to the same link. You can either join the internship or the actual training course itself. Um, it's a great way for people to, to get started to, Um, take their website to the next level if they already have one and to learn all the strategies that we've discovered that work really, really well over the last several years that we've been doing this.
0: Yeah, you know, and I I just I have to go back to like, you know, years ago when I got into this game, which was probably again, probably like 2000. Oh gosh, eight or nine myself, and um, and that's how I discovered you and niche pursuits and all of that stuff. And I purchased Longtail Pro, and I did the keyword research, so I learned a lot through. Um, what what you've given what spencer has given here and and i really now moving even forward into where i am now i still have all of those lessons and all those principles that i that i i have learned and i understand it see that's the whole thing is by understanding it you can then a- adapt it to any market or any project that you're working on so that's why i just want to put that out there for people to understand that when you're learning something um, you you're, you're going to be able to take that information and then just continue to use that moving forward on anything that you learn learn for that matter. The other thing is, is if you have someone on your team that you want to go through like training like this, like that would be another great thing. Because at this point you might be saying, well, I don't want to do all that work and I don't want to go through another training course. You don't have to have someone else go through it. That's on your team that can do the work for you. And then that way they're, they're trained. And then uh, they can just continue to do that work over time after they've been trained, which I think is another option for people. So um, Spencer, let's, um, let's wrap up with what are maybe like one or two things that you would like to leave people with just about uh, building out their own, their own platform their own, their own website.
1: So one question that I get from a lot of people is do these strategies really work today? Right. So, you know, maybe uh, it used to be easy to rank in Google a few years ago. Can you really still do that today? I, I just want to, sort of give people the confidence that, yes, these things that I, we've talked about, they really do work here in, you know, 2016, in the latter half of 2016, that you really can go out, rank for these long-tail keywords. You really can go out and get these links and rank really well and get that traffic in Google. So I just want to give people sort of the confidence. We're seeing great results with our own websites, applying these exact strategies. And so people can do the exact same thing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, guys, so um, you guys heard it right here. I mean, we just covered a ton, and again, yeah, there's a lot to learn through this process, but pretty much everything is just broken down right there, and you guys have heard me talk. I mean, this is kind of the direction uh, that I know that uh, we all should be thinking about not... You're not leaving Amazon. Just understand that you're just adding another channel and you're adding your home base. Um, you know, I've talked a little bit about creating your own sales, uh, channel, your, your own sales funnel. And this is part of that. So, um, again, uh, Spencer, I want to thank you again for coming on. This has been this has been awesome. I love talking about this stuff, and I know the power of it, and I know we could probably have you back on, well, a few more times because we have a lot more that we can discuss um, on this topic and even moving into email capture and all that stuff, so maybe we'll have to do that as well, but I just want to thank you again, Spencer, for sharing your your knowledge and um, your expertise in uh, in this field, and uh, yeah, just for uh, just for being awesome, so I want to thank you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it, Scott. It's always great coming on uh, the podcast and uh, sharing a few things that I've learned, of course. But I appreciate you and your audience, especially for uh, listening in. I know you provide a lot of value to them. And so hopefully they've gotten a little bit of value out of uh, the podcast here today. And uh, again, I'm just more than happy to share what I've learned and would love to come back anytime. But uh, of course, we'll be in touch and uh, can share strategy. So yeah, just uh, best of luck to everybody in their own business as they uh, work and dedicate themselves. Hopefully they can see some results as well.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I want to thank you again. And again, uh, that, that link guys is theamazingseller.com forward slash authority. I'll leave that in the show notes and uh, Spencer, thanks. Uh, thanks again and enjoy uh, the new house. I know you're in a new house. I could hear the kids in the background a little bit I can hear a little bit of the sanding. He's having some floors sanded, but you know what? That's real guys. That's real, right? Spencer. <laughs> Absolutely. This is
1: where we're at, man. We just roll with the punches. So we just we're rolled. real guys. You know, we got real families. And uh, I so love I it. it.
0: All right, man. Go enjoy those kids and uh enjoy Bye. those new floors. We'll see you, awesome. bud. Thanks. Take care.
1: We'll Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Okay, so there you have it, right? I mean, I wasn't kidding. I mean, what an awesome an awesome conversation. I get excited every single time I get to talk about this stuff, especially with someone that's an expert in this. I mean, Spencer has been doing this for years. Now he's got a team of people helping him. He's got this internship that he's doing, um, this course that if anyone's interested, can check out. But the internship, that's a pretty cool idea for people to learn and for people to help uh, you know, his businesses. And uh, it's just a win-win for everyone. So I would Definitely, definitely recommend checking that out. Again, you can uh, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash authority. That is the link, theamazingseller.com forward slash authority. And uh, you can learn more about the the internship and and how you could possibly apply for that. Uh, And again, I just want to thank Spencer. I mean, he dropped a ton of knowledge uh, here today, uh, a lot of takeaways. You're probably going to want to check out those show notes and the transcripts. Again, that can be found at theamazingseller.com. Forward slash two forty, and uh, you can grab all of that stuff there because there was a lot to take in. There's a lot of information, and uh, I tried to dig in as much as I could without going on for like three hours. But uh, I'll probably have to have him back on, and we can dive into you know more more uh, specific sections of this process. But really, just to kind of go through it a little bit deeper, I think would be would be kind of fun as well and educational. So uh, last thing, if you guys are brand new or maybe just starting, and you know this whole website thing is just Too much for you. I get it, right? So here's what I wanna do for you I wanna invite you to my free live private label workshop because I do still feel that we should start on Amazon. It's a great platform. Currently, and I believe in the future will be a great platform to launch products. But that doesn't mean that you won't then, you know, take that business and then want to bring it outside of, of Amazon. And you heard us talk about that in this interview. But if you want to attend that live free private label workshop and you want to register for an upcoming one, head over to the amazingseller.com forward slash workshop again that's the amazing seller.com forward slash workshop you can register there it is live we answer QA you know live QA we we just have a lot of fun so definitely come come hang out with us there if you haven't done so already and if you have come on back we'd love to have you All right, guys, so that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. I think Brody's going to say it right now. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.